Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven podcast. Yeah, on today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 5 of Seventh Heaven. The title of the episode is With Honors, or uh, in Germany, the title is Lies Have Short Legs. Um, I just want to say the German title, once again, is a little bit more spot on because about halfway through, I think I said, like, oh, the title of this one should be something about lies. Yeah. It uh, should be the famous Vine. Why you always lying? Yeah. Why the fuck you lying? Anyway, continue. Anyway, <laughs> our IMDb user synopsis is, Matt Tudor's silver spoon James Potter in history refuses to help him cheat, but is still in trouble when the professor smells a rat. Simon's new classmate, Lee Patterson, boasts his cool dad works with FBI and even NASA, but actually is an unemployed ex-con and petty marijuana dealer. Lucy regrets taking a school secretary job, is flattered when older hunk Tyler asks her for a dance, but that bubble bursts when he actually wants the password to enter the school computer. So, what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I actually really liked this episode. I know it didn't seem like it while I was watching it, but I actually did enjoy it. I think this was kind of back to form for Seventh Heaven. I feel like everything... Oh, yeah, this actually was really fit right squarely in the uh, formula. Yeah, yeah. because I feel like for the first four episodes of Seventh Heaven, it's been very much in the family. Um, We've dealt with... I mean, we've dealt with issues, but they're very much with how the family deals with the issues. Uh, But this is the first time where we've had each... Actually, all of the Camden children, except for Ruthie, dealing with... Someone else outside of the home. And they've either... They're either the, like, antagonist or the person they're meant to be helping. So, um, I don't know. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid uh, Seventh Heaven episode. Um... Back, you know, back to its weird seventh heaven logic, where the reverend is God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Start with the cold open. Yeah. Uh, so this cold open is also something that goes back to form. I feel like in the past few cold opens, we've just had like one storyline divulge, or it's, they're very quick cold opens. But this one uh, sets up every single storyline. Um, so we have, Ruthie has a day off. It's a teacher work day, so she, yeah, she'll be home for the day. Um, and she, I mean, her, her storyline is set up later on. Um. But we just know that she's up to Ruth, Ruthie's up to the Ruthie things. Yeah. Um, Mary has been hit in the face with a basketball. Um, and so she has a swollen lip for most of the episode. I don't really understand Wait, the ma- point of that? Yeah, I was going to say maybe like Jessica Biel got hurt. I think it's just to, I think it was just to introduce that new girl. Oh, Maggie. Maggie, yeah, the new. The, so there's a, it, she got hurt by a new girl on the team. We'll get back to that. Uh, uh, Lucy is. Well, no, Mary. Oh. The, the actual point of that, that of me saying that was Mary is receiving an award alongside Corey for um, being a good athlete and the, a strong student, yeah. or the, the, the local other way around. the local businessman's all sports award. So. Um, ne- like Mary is in her senior year this season, and her and Corey, Corey, who was supposed to be a senior when Mary was a freshman, right. um, is finally graduating with her. Uh, so then we learn that Lucy is upset because she has volunteered to work at the school in the in the attendance office um, 
on her free period, um, and she is regret like she's regretting that decision because um, she thought that the volunteer hours would take place like before the- or after school. Um, but she finds out that she has to give up her study hall for it, and she needs her study hall to do her makeup and talk to her friends. Uh, so that's. Um, we also meet um, Simon's new friend, who uh, the IMDb user summary says, like, is recently moved to town. But I don't know if that that was established. Uh, his name is Lee. I don't pa- think it said he was recently moved to town. Or like something about like him being a new student. I thought he was just a new friend. Um, His name is Lee Patterson. Uh, Lee, apparently his mother died when he was a child. Um, Or did she? Which we'll we'll be questioning. Uh, We find out that his dad is a private investigator, and he works with the FBI and the police, so he works late. And that uh, his grandma's the one that feeds him. So... (laughs) Yeah, um, so we established that... He's so he's staying for dinner, yes. and Annie's like, okay, call whoever takes care of you to let them know you're staying for dinner. And finally, we have Matt and Shauna in the library at... Is it Crawford? Is that the Yeah, University? Crawford University. Uh, studying for their American history exam, where they run into... Or where James Potter comes and speaks. Oh, well, they're talking about the honor code. Um, so Because their professor... Professor Valentine. Yeah, apparently has given them very long... Uh, agreement to sign that's basically, you know, an honor code agreement. Um, and um, it basically says, like, if you're caught cheating, like, if you suspect someone's cheating, turn them in and also don't cheat because everybody's going to be looking out for you. Um, and James Potter, we learned that Matt is tutoring James Potter um, in history because apparently Matt is good at history. And yeah, so Matt, uh, James asks him to tutor him. Matt's like, okay, fine. Um, and that basically sets up all of the things that, is, that are happening. So we are going to start with... Lucy. Right. So, uh, as we mentioned, Lucy is working in the... Attendance office. office um, which I don't actually understand what that means, but I guess it means she handles attendance. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, because what happens is, so this boy, Tyler Smith... Uh, uh, yeah. Ty- no, Tyler. We don't know his last name. I think he was Tyler Smith. Oh, well, his real Mary name. is it later. Oh. And his last name is Smith, right? Yep. So, uh, Tyler, I uh, guess we'll, this is one of our first or only. Who the fuck is that? Um, Tyler's played by Riley Smith, and he's very recognizable. Um, he was in New York Minute. That was the Olsen Twins movie. Uh, he was in Not Another Teen Movie. He was in the revival of 90210, which was also on the WB, I think, or was that on Fox? Uh, I, I have the, no idea. I think that was on Fox. Um, but the reason that I recognized him was because of the Disney Channel original movie, Motocrossed, which was a good one. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have a last name. Well, anyway... Um, he comes into the office because he needs a hall pass, so I guess this is kind of the nature of what the attendance of office does, like if you're late to class or right, right. you need okay. a hall pass, and he needs a hall pass, and Lucy is, like, just so smitten, uh, and she's like, well, I'm going to need to know an excuse, and he's like, why don't you give me one? So um, she's like, like, how about you say you were sick? So um, he was like, okay, and she was like, well, are you sick? And he goes, not anymore, because... Lucy has healed his illness. And Lucy's so pretty. Yeah. Um, so Lucy so kind of... I don't know. She gives him the pass. She uh, she falls for his charm. So the next scene we have with Lucy is that she arrives home, and the Rev and Annie are expecting her to be upset because she had to do the attendance duty, but she is instead um, 
I don't know what's a good. She's walking on sunshine. Yes, um, I was actually thinking that when you were saying it, but I was thinking it in the song form. I was as well, but I wasn't gonna sing. But anyway, <laughs> so they're like, um, and she says something about how great uh, working at the attendance office is, um, because of course she has now had the opportunity to talk to this man. I think the next, the next scene is at school. No, Shh. it's before that. Okay. Um, Tyler shows up at her house. Oh, I thought this happened at school. All right, never mind. Tyler comes to the home um, to ask Lucy to the... Um, spring fling, spring formal, spring something. Yeah. Some sort of dance some that dance. takes place in the, the spring. It was the fall. It was the fall fling or something. Oh, why did I say spring? I don't know. Um, but basically, she's like, but you're dating Courtney Weber. And he's like, we broke up. <laughs> and you're so pretty. I'm pretty sure this is when he says that yeah. she's really pretty. And she's like, oh, okay, we'll go to the spring, the fall fling together. <laughs> yeah, the fall fling. Um, so this ties in a little bit to Ruthie's, but, like, we'll get back to that later. Yeah. Um, I think then... So what ha- Then it's at school. I thought the phone he- call happens next. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Um, <laughs> so Tyler calls... Um, Lucy, Tyler in his inflatable... Oh my god, yes. He's in, like, a, one of those blow-up chairs, very 90s. Um, and um, we don't know what sports team specifically, but we're going to guess, based on the colors, that it's the New York Knicks. Yeah. Because it says New York, and it's orange and blue, and it's not the orange and blue of the Mets, it's the orange and blue of the Knicks. They're the same, but... Yeah. Well... So, Tyler's calling because he's devious, and... He wants to ask... I don't even know what the favor is that he wants to ask Lucy. So basically, Tyler is applying for some Ivy Leagues. He's a senior. If we didn't mention, he's older than Lucy, which is another one of the reasons she's so taken with him. And he has a C in biology or chemistry. He has a C in a class. And uh, he wants to go into the computer system, like of the school and change his grade. And apparently Lucy can do that. <laughs> so Well, she can give him as- access to the computer and somehow has access to the password to log into the computer. Um, and she's and basically Lucy gets the hint about what Tyler is doing. Um, but before she can make a decision... Yeah, she's she knows what... Uh, well, she talks to Mary yes. about this. And Mary is like... Oh, Tyler, he's still dating Courtney Weber from the basketball team or whatever. And Lucy's like, no, they broke up. And Mary's like, uh, he's using you. <laughs> she will, but she basically says, I don't think Courtney's on the basketball team. I think it's just like school knowledge that Courtney and Tyler have been together forever and they're practically married, is what. Mary oh, I thought says. that she, I thought that she was on the basketball team because I thought something during in Mary's storyline where they said like, oh, Courtney Weber, but maybe not. So anyway. Um, yeah, and she's like, so Lucy's like, oh, and then Mary's like, look, you are a good person, and you have morals, and I know that you are going to do the right thing, so I'm not going to, like, tell you what to do, right? But apparently Lucy still needs to, like, like, Lucy go. so this is when the school scene scene happens. Uh, Lucy runs into Tyler, Tyler's like, are we ready to do the thing? And Lucy's like, look. I knew that you and Courtney were together, but I still, like, accepted your invitation to the dance. But um, I can't do this because you're just using me. 
And then he's like, but I still think you're really pretty. And he's, she's like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? I feel like that's it. Am I missing anything? No, that's it. In that conversation? That's the whole thing. Yeah, Lucy. So basically, Lucy does the right thing. She acts with honor. And she catches Tyler in his lies uh, about why he wants to hang out with her. He's just using her for her access. Yeah. So, um, the next kind of storyline we have is Ruthie's, which touches, kind of touches on everyone's, um, so we've got Ruthie, you know, she has a day off from school, and apparently she's watching TV, and she sees, like, an infomercial, or maybe she's watching the Home Shopping Network, and she sees these, um, walkie-talkies that she just needs to have, and she needs twenty nine ninety nine to buy them, and she of course is eight years old and does not have twenty nine ninety nine. Um, so she goes to her parents and they're like, "Nope." Uh, <laughs> and then she goes to Simon and he's like, "Well, anybody that's ever stupid enough to lend you money never sees it again. So we, you need to come up with some other way to do this." She goes to her dad then, um, and her dad's like, "You could just do what the other kids do and do the allowance thing, which is basically you do a chore and you get." like three dollars a week for whatever chore you do and she's like i'm not working a day in my life (laughs) so she's like i know how i can do this without working and i thought she was gonna go find herself a sugar daddy but she does not she comes up with a scheme uh so her scheme is to get to get what get each camden child uh what they want by using another camden child so she go she says Simon says he will loan her the money if he can get if she can get Lucy to mow the lawn for Simon. So she goes to Lucy, and Lucy, she says, "Lucy, will you mo- will uh, you don't have anything to wear to, to the, the dance?" Yes. And Lucy's like, uh, "Yeah, I don't." And Ruthie says, "I can help you with that if you help me." So she says, "Lucy, if you mow the lawn on Sunday or whatever, I will make Mary." lend you her new pink sweater. Um, and Lucy's like, how are you going to do that? That sweater is $50. She hasn't even worn it yet. And, you know, Ruthie continues to scheme, and she goes to Mary. Uh, it, she wants a pink sweater specifically because it will go well with her khaki skirt. Mini skirt, I think it was. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so she goes to Mary. Mary, who, as we it's, said in the cold open, is getting ready for the awards award ceremony. And she wants to wear... She's looking through some of Annie's jewelry, and uh, Ruthie is like, well, she's looking at this one pair of earrings in particular, and Ruthie is like, oh, do you want to be able to wear those? And Mary says, no, are you crazy? Like, these belong to Grandma, and Mom doesn't even wear them herself. She doesn't let anyone wear them. Um, And Ruthie's like, listen, if you lend Lucy the sweater, I can convince Mom to lend you those earrings for the award ceremony. So Mary again, like pretty much like everyone in this line is like, I don't believe you really can do it, but I'll agree. And if it ends up working out, then yeah, I'll agree to all of those conditions. So at the end of the episode, everybody, she's gotten everybody to do what she wanted. But then Mary's like, uh, Ruthie says, where are your earrings? And Mary's like, oh, it doesn't really go with this outfit. And then because Lucy doesn't need to go to the dance anymore because she doesn't eat Tyler anymore or... Tyler, whatever. They're just not going. going. She goes, I don't need your pink sweater, so I'm not doing the lawn mowing. And then Simon's like, well, if you're not doing the lawn mowing, then I'm not giving you any money, Ruthie. And it doesn't work out for Ruthie. 
So, which is a surprise actually, because I thought it was gonna. Yeah, but she didn't get in trouble for scheming instead yeah, well, of just doing. Scheming's yeah. fine. I mean, she got in trouble for the la- in the last episode when she ran well, not ran away, but she went to the church on her bike without telling anyone. So, yeah, fair is fair sometimes. Well, that's so real. that's the whole thing. Her she's scheme backfires. Yes. She's just you know. We we're getting a lot we're getting a lot more of Ruthie's personality of her being like the kind of youngest and being the manipulative one but in a fun way. So yeah. And sometimes in an evil way. way. Sure. Uh, um, so we'll do Matt next. Yeah. So. Um, so as we said, Matt is tutoring James Potter. I would just like to say that this James Potter has nothing to do with the James Potter from Harry Potter, and whoever besmirches his name will deal with me. Moving on. Um, so James Potter is actually a bad person in this one. Um, yeah. Um, so like we said, James. Well, Matt's tutoring him at first, and then James is like, "Oh, well." He tries to get Matt to take the. F- the midterm for him? No, well, or not he's t- like, just let me cheat off of you, and he offers him, like, a big fistful of cash. And Matt's like, uh, no. And also, we kind of get that he's, like, a sleazeball because he's like, I can't really concentrate on homework. As, I- like, some girl's walking by, and yeah, he's yeah. just, like, staring at her. Um, he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, all right, whatever. He's he's too concentrated on women, women than to study for his... American history midterm. Uh, so we get to the actual midterm, and this is, I guess, your typical college setup, except everybody is on top of each other. Yeah, way too many desks in the room. And they're all, like, clustered together in a way that they don't need to be, because the room is a lot bigger, and the, the seats could be all a lot more spread out. So Matt sits down, and James and James comes and sits down next to him, and Matt's like, get the fuck away from me. Except he doesn't say the F word. Get away from me. And um, James is like, don't G- worry. Well, he's like, oh, uh, there are a lot of other people who go, like, in our class or that go to this school that need the money, too. So, like, don't worry, I made other arrangements. And we see, like, the kid in front of him turns around and gives him a little wink or whatever. So we gather that this kid is going to let James cheat. Um, So Professor Valentine comes in and distributes the exam. um, And for some reason, like, Matt is, like, staring at Shauna throughout the this and the professor is like Mr. Camden eyes forward but then that's all we see well other than the guy who's sitting in front of James slide his paper all the way over to the edge so that James can see it also for a professor who is so um concerned about the honor code yeah he leaves the test immediately instead of like supervising it or having somebody else supervise it because they're all in the room alone now yeah and it doesn't really make any sense yeah it doesn't um, so the test finishes, and I think a few, like, later on in the day, Professor Valentine comes up to Matt and says, you need to see me. I think he tells him right there in the hallway, he's like, oh, some, um, some other students turned him in, um, so they were like, they, they suspected that you and James Potter, and then whatever the third kid's name was, they suspected that you were cheating, and they told me. Um, and Matt's like, oh, I've never cheated in my life. So then the professor's like, well, you've got to convince me now or something. Or, I don't well, know. basically. Um, and we find out James is basically your... your he, As it said, Silver Spoon. Yes. Um, his father is someone that, like, gets him out of all these situations. Um, 
Matt tells, like, the Rev and Annie about what's going on, and he's like, I'm just going to have to, like, prove myself to Professor Valentine. Um, but he goes to dinner with Shauna at the pool hall, where he runs into sleazeball James. Uh, James is all, my dad, uh, you know, is talking to the little people, because they all listen to him. Yeah, and he's like, and he taught me so well. Uh, he used to say, you know, deny, 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 or was it lie, lie, lie? And I was like, I don't really understand this. So basically he's like, my father is a sleazeball too. So he's basically Drago Malfoying it. Yeah. He's like, my father will hear about this. Um, and he then like, so Matt's like, whatever. But then he picks on the Rev's like chosen profession. And he's like, what's your dad going to do? Like, is he going to call up the big guy and maybe yeah. God will intervene? So then Matt lunges at him, but Shona puts her. Shona does the thing, which I feel like constantly happens on Seventh Heaven, where they get in between a fight and say he isn't worth it, which is. And why is it always the girl? It's oh, okay. Well, uh, she wa- he walks away, and he before he leaves though, he's like, well, you know what? My father's taught me something too. You go to the source, so. and him going to the source is apparently him going to to, to Mr. Potter's like. The father. Yeah. Um, so, some, Matt and James both get a phone call, and they, like, it's like, go wait for each other at, like, this classroom or whatever. And they're sitting there, and they're like, what are you doing here? Because I guess that James's father made the phone call? I don't really know. Well, what happened was, I think, Professor Valentine called him in. Oh. Called them both in. Um, but Matt knew what was going on, because Matt had talked to to Mr. Potter. Um Basically, in this scene, what we have is very typical Seventh Heaven resolution. But absolutely not typical in real life, because if this guy really was the kind of person who raised his son to basically never take responsibility for anything, he wouldn't have shown up and done this. So Mr. Potter, Roy, I think his name is, uh, shows up and is like, oh, I can't believe that this is like what my son like is like. Uh, I should have... I shouldn't have done everything for you. Um, basically, like, you, you you have to take your exam. I, I, I told your professor that it wasn't Matt. Um, you need to take, and he doesn't have to take the exam over again. And James is basically like, he's lying about Matt. And Roy, I guess, is like, no, you're lying, son. And I don't know you at all. And yeah. Matt's like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, like never this would, would not, yeah, this would not be the reaction of a typical because father obviously who they does were both stuff. very entitled people, right. and it's just like this isn't how in, entitled people behave. So yeah, he Matt gets off scot free, which he should because he didn't do anything wrong. Except I guess he didn't really follow the honor code because he should have reported that they were cheating. Yeah, well, I guess once he was offered a bribe. Um, <laughs> Um, but that's Matt's storyline. Uh, again, he did things with honor. Yeah. Because he followed the honor code, kind of. So anyway, now we'll get to what I guess is kind of the... Last two one of the major storylines. Yeah, one of the main storylines. Um, Simon. And his friend So Lee. as the IMDB uh, user synopsis kind of said, um, well, I don't know. So Lee, he comes over. We said... Did we say this in the cold open? Yeah, the guy who grandma cooks dinner or whatever. Right, yeah. So Leah's staying over because his father works for the police, NASA, and the FBI. Well, we learn about NASA the next day at school 
when uh, Simon is like asking about like, oh, how cool is it that your dad is doing all these things, but it must suck that your dad's never there. He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm used to it because he used to work for NASA and NASA. And, and this is when you know that he's full of shit because yeah. like really those aren't the same. Those aren't close. Like he's supposed to be a private detective or whatever. Like he definitely, what, why did NASA need him? So we also get the, this weird like relationship that uh, Sergeant Michaels and the Rev have where the Rev just uses Sergeant Michaels for his own personal like yeah. information. For so, so Sergeant Michaels like comes over to the house and the Rev is like, have you ever heard of this informant? And they're like, no, we've never worked with a guy. What it, um, what's the last name? Was Patterson? Patterson. Mm-hmm. He's like, we never, I feel like, no. That's, uh, but they're like, no, we've never worked with um, an informant by that name. But, and then it's like, dun, dun, dun. They have worked with a criminal, well, not worked with him, by by the name that, you know, that they're saying is, is Lee's father. So basically, he's been arrested before. Yeah, and he has a record. And they say like for like drugs. Um, and I think did they say dealing because that wasn't the synopsis, but I'm not sure if that was ever. Uh, uh, I think we established. I think there are a couple of scenes between the Rev and Sergeant Michaels, and it's in like the second scene where we find out exactly what it is he's arrested for, because. Uh, when Lee comes over the next day um, and he's going up the stairs, he drops his backpack. Um, also want to say that this is horrible acting because it's very purposefully dropped. And also every single thing in the backpack falls out, like not just like one or two things. And amongst the things that have fallen out of his backpack is a bag of marijuana, which again... Comically huge. Horribly act No, but horribly acted is... That if you were a child and you were in the Rev's house and your bag of marijuana, like, that would be the first thing you would grab to try to hide. But he just, the Rev is like, oh, let me help you. And, you know, the Rev is able to pick up the drug bags. So Simon's walking down the stairs as soon as this is happening. And Simon's like, I'm sure he has a good explanation. He probably just found it. And Lee's like, I did just find it. But, um, right. He didn't. <laughs> so Simon's like, you need to tell me the truth. And because I think Simon's now realized that everything that this kid has said has been a lie. So he Lee's like, it's my dad's. Um, but I can't tell anyone that it's my dad's. And my dad's not. Or well, doesn't he say something like he my dad works like he basically tries to say my dad works undercover or something. And he, oh, uses, yeah. he uses the drugs as a way to like catch Dealers. So he continues to lie. Um, this this is when I think the Rev have the, Rev and Sergeant Michaels have their second conversation when we find out that the father is like that he's been for possession. I don't know if it was dealing, but definitely possession. Um, well, so they go. So Sergeant Michaels comes with the Rev. Well, to, we, before that, we learn that his mother isn't even dead. Oh yeah, because yeah. She just she surrendered custody like two years ago or something, and that like they don't, and th- that she's been in and out of rehab, right? Exactly. Um, so she also has a drug problem. Um, so then, so Sergeant Michaels goes with the Rev to take um, Lee home at the end of this like play date or whatever they were doing, um, and they approach. His grandmother is there and. I don't exactly know like what this exchange was or what they even said to her. Well, basically, they tell her that we found this bag of weed in um, 
what's his face, Lee's bag, and Mrs. Patterson is like, what? <laughs> My grandson? And then his dad comes in, and... And you immediately know that it was his yeah. bag of drugs because he's like, he didn't tell you they were mine because they're not mine. He, like, is obsessed with the idea that the drugs could be his. Um, and he's like, well, the Rev's like, I think we have to discuss something and, or, like, about this. And he's like, you don't get to discuss anything. This is I'm going to take care of my son and my mother, and you're not going to have any say in it whatsoever. And... That's kind of the end of that, which is, I think, the typical response to when the Rev is, quote-unquote, meddling. Yes, you reject first. <laughs> um, and I'm, we just like to point out here that we know already that Simon has a very hate-hate um, relationship with drugs. Uh, we, we remember his reaction when... Oh, I was kind of joking about that because I think he does eventually end up using oh, drugs. Um, well, but he I- just he seems to have a very, like, he does not like... Which we find out later in the episode, when he's like, the only thing you need to do to be my friend is not do drugs. And there's <laughs> yeah. another, like, there were two... And don't lie. Don't lie, yeah. It was don't lie and don't do drugs. Um, uh. the, the way that this storyline basically progresses is the Rev and Sergeant Michaels trying to figure out the best way to get help for Lee's father without messing up Lee's life, because Lee is not like Lee is lying a lot and yeah. I think I think in this episode we like Lee finally they somehow come to so terms. Lee comes Lee comes to the house yeah. and he's like it was my father's marijuana and I lied last night or something yeah right? and I and I ran away and I don't want to go back to the house because I want him to get help or something so then um they I guess Lee's Lee's grandmother comes over to the house ahead of um Lee's father. I wish I could remember his name. Um, and then it's like kind of like an intervention setup. So they invite Lee's father over, and he comes, and they're like, I don't know, intervention stuff. You know, it's like you this either- is your son and your mother, and they need you to be not on drugs. And it's basically, like either you listen to your family or you go to jail. That's your choice, which we've heard before. In the what, he was an alcoholic, right? The the that episode. Where they found the... Yeah, the, the guy who... The, the dirty girl. girl. The dirty girl with the dirty father. Yeah, the um, trailer that they cleaned up. Yeah. Um, so it was basically that exact same scenario where um, he, he... Well, because after Lee shows up at the house, Sergeant Michaels and the Rev do have this conversation about, like, we want to do what's best for Lee, but, like, foster... Like, his grandmother can't take care of him alone, and foster care would not be, like, the best thing for him. So they're trying to keep uh, Lee's father, like, at home. But also, Lee tries to blame this all on his son. He's like, you know that he's a liar. And then (laughs) he also then lies himself. And he's like, I used to, but I don't do it anymore. And Lee finally stands up, and he's like, stop, Dad. Stop lying. And, you know, it's a very poignant moment for... Poignant? Yeah. Moment for his son to tell his father to stop lying, even though he is also lying. Well, whatever. Of course, Lee comes around and is like, I just want to be... Oh, wait, no, Lee's father comes around and is like, I just want to be there for my, you know, my son and my mother and be the best I can be, blah, blah, blah. So I guess his... Seventh heaven ending. Yeah, he's going to have... He's going to figure it all out. And we'll never hear from this family ever again. And we probably won't actually see Lee ever again, even though Simon was like, you're my good friend. As long as you don't do drugs or lie, it'll all be, it'll all be fines. 
But uh, so that's really it. For uh, Simon's storyline. Simon Simon's really the one that has the most interaction with the parents, and is that like that's basically it. And I think the last storyline is Mary's. Um, so as we mentioned, Mary and Corey are being honored um, for their excellence in school and in basketball. Um, they're having a hard time writing their speech when we run into new girl Maggie, right? Who's the one that hit Mary, Mary in the lip. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess we're getting the idea that like Corey wasn't at the basketball practice the day before because Maggie comes up and, uh, oh, I know she says, they say to Corey like, oh, we missed you at practice. And Mary is like, oh, you didn't miss me to Maggie. Yeah. Um, and then Maggie's kind of, like, looking at Corey for longer than you normally would. And she's like, oh, did you look just like this girl that I went to middle school with, Lincoln. Or junior mi- high or something. Yeah, li- yeah, well, same thing. Uh, Lincoln, like, junior high or whatever. And Corey is like, no, I've never been a Lincoln. Not me. Um, so then the next, like, it's it's later that same day, but apparently not too much later because another girl comes up to Mary and is like, did you hear the news or, like, whatever they're saying about Corey? Uh, and Mary's like, no. And she's like, well, Maggie says that there was a girl who went to her middle school who like left school because she was 14 and she got pregnant and her name was Corey Conway. So of course they're like, it's the same Corey. Uh, Mary very logically is like, so you're going to leave Maggie who we've known for a couple of days over Corey who we've known for three years. And this chick is like, Maggie seems like she's trustworthy. <laughs> uh, and that's when Corey walks in and hears, like, and so, uh, because this other girl, who I, I think is on the basketball team, says something along the lines of, um, I don't put it, like, Corey seems like the kind of person, or I, it's very believable that Corey would have a baby at the age of 14. And Corey, Corey runs away. Yeah. And Mary, being a Camden and being a good friend, goes to Corey's house. Um, now, couple of things we want to mention here, uh, which we realized post-episode. Um, obviously, Corey does have a child. Um, because, yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But Corey is also the person who hosted the co-ed basketball sleepovers in her basement. Um, and because, well, she goes on to say in the scene, when Mary finds out that she had a child, she's like, nobody could come to my house, and all of these other things. So, which means that, like, people have been to her house, so, like... What? How did nobody notice? And if they did, did they think that her daughter was her little sister? For some reason, I thought that was the story here. Um, but then, obviously, I rewatched the episode and realized that uh, it was her. Like they never yeah. pretended that it wasn't her child. So anyway, Mary. I'm just continuity. Yeah, Mary gets to Corey's house, and there was a like about a four year old child playing in the front yard. Her name is Bernadette, and she's very. Um, and Mary's like, do you know where your mommy is? And that's when Corey comes out and we find out the truth. Yes, Corey is Bernadette's mother. And she's like, it was so hard to be, um, a 14 year old mother. And I had to sacrifice so much, you know, had to change schools. People couldn't come over to my house. I couldn't date. Could, yeah. Like I almost couldn't do basketball in school at the same time, but I, like my mother supported me the entire time. Yeah. So, um... Mary is just like, okay, cool. Um, well, basically, <laughs> what we get here is that, like, it seems that any time any of Corey's well, we, friends find out about this, that 
like she loses her friends because all they care about is this. We we also learn I just forgot that Corey actually has like done really really well in school and she's been accepted to three different Ivy League schools. So she's all the wa- yeah magna cum laude with, with honors. honors. <laughs> so uh, we learn that the, this like despite like she had all this adversity to overcome, but she still was able to. Um, Excel, uh, and she's like, "Oh, most teen moms don't even finish high school, but I'm finishing with honors." So, and also that like nobody's paying attention to these like uh, accomplishments anymore. They're just paying attention to the fact that she's a teenage mom. Um, and Mary's like, "I see you," and they hug. Uh, but then drama. Well, they find out. Mary finds out. I think she tells this to the Camden parents. Yep. She finds out that the local businessmen's association or whatever. No longer wants to honor Corey because they think it's like going to be promoting teen pregnancy or something, which is such crap because it's for excellence in academics and sports, and like you can't take away what like she she did those things whether she was a teen mother or not. So Mary is the only one getting the award, um, and she's upset. Uh, so I guess this really goes to the to the end with the award ceremony, yep. where Mary takes the time in her speech to say that she's not the one that should get this because apparently the award is for like a role model like i'm not a role model but i know who is and so she talks about the greatest attributes of Corey, and Corey comes out and accepts the award and she comes out with her mother who's actually played by the actress's real mom and uh bernadette her daughter not who was not played, played by, by the actress's real daughter because no she well, I didn't think she yeah so uh, it's like a happy ending and every I don't know that's everybody's about it. crying they oh yeah everybody cries and also it's that's the big reveal when I mean I think it had just been like a rumor up until that point but then the entire school finds out like it is true she is the girl with the baby um, and yep that's uh, yeah that's the end of the episode. Um, I wanted to mention something. Um, so apparently this episode created a book, or this episode is based <laughs> off a book. And I'm trying to look up the book right now to see, like, what it is. Uh, it's called The Perfect Plan, and apparently it's, like, a series. Um, what the hell? Maybe it inspired a, a book series about Corey and her life as a teen mother. Um, this does not sound like the episode at all. Crime. A man fresh out on the streets and on a mission. That doesn't sound like anything. Maybe it's about Simon's friend's father. With unwavering resolve, he lays down his strategy to get and keep his family out of the hood and take his piece of that American pie. Look, yeah. The cards have been stacked against him, yet he remains determined to come out on top. But where does he go? What does he do? A mastermind plans everything out perfect. See things coming before they come and executes the perfect plan. (laughs) Um, This is written by James Johnson. If you have read it, and want to tell me what it's about, you can do so by contacting us on our social media. But before we do that, the what reality, would you write? <laughs> <laughs> the reality of the streets. Um, you can buy it on Amazon for a, a cool $250.41. Seriously? Yeah. Apparently it's a series. What would you rate this episode, Aaron? Oh, geez. Um, well, I briefly fell asleep during it. Um, so... Not great. I didn't really fall asleep. It was... I'll give it a, a two out of seven. I think I'm going to give this uh, I'm, four point five. Oh, my God. 
I mean, based off of the uh, rest of the episodes we have in season four, this was like the most. The most? Just the most. Uh, all right, all right. You know, you're entitled to your opinion. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> as we said, if you have read this book or decide that you want to read this book because it's somehow related to 7th Heaven, you can tell us all about it by contacting us through our social media. You can tweet at us, uh, and our handle is at Show. You can find us on Instagram, at Show, or on Facebook, CamdenCast. But most importantly, you can listen to us through SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash CamdenCast, or on iTunes Podcasts, um, where we are CamdenCast, and you can subscribe, rate, review, so on and so forth. Lots of stuff you can do. <laughs> so many things. Well, we're not here. but Stay we, engaged. But we're always here. Well, we're here twice a week. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday now. Yeah. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. Well, you're-